serious because it may just make somebody who hasn't been yet just walk in and think that as soon as they walk in the door, we say, well, whatever it is, get over it. We don't have any compassion or concern. We do. But the message is, what is hindering your walk with God, whatever it is, it's time to get over it. That's the message. What you will allow to come in and replace your satisfaction in serving God and your surrender to Him and your dedication to Him. That one thing, whatever it is, get over it. It's time to push it aside, walk on past it, forget about it, and get over it completely now and forever. Leave it at the altar of God. You believe it? Amen. Amen. And so this morning, I'm preaching to you in that series, Get Over It. I'm preaching this message. I don't know either. Trying to think. I gotta, I gotta do download or upgrade or something. These upgrades, you know, when I think they're upgrades, sometimes I think they're downgrades, just to fool us. <laughs> the reason I read from 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 my my tablet is because I study from my tablet because it's got so many it has so many translations in it, so many uh, helps, and so many, so easy and quick to get from one to the other. Instead of picking up a book and picking up a book. Going to websites, just go from one place to the other. It gives me an opportunity to explore a lot of scriptures and do it faster and better. At least faster and better for me. But every now and then they'll throw me a curve when they send one of those upgrades so I can get accustomed to everything else just like it is. So, now, my message to you this morning is on the Lord's Prayer. Can you pray the Lord's Prayer? I hope you can. In fact, we're going to do that together this morning. I don't know that we've ever done that. There's no formality in our services, so I don't know that we've ever used uh, uh, the Apostles' Creed, or I don't know that we've ever sung the doxology. I don't know if we've ever stood and prayed the Lord's Prayer in our service. I know we have for special things like memorial services, or maybe even maybe weddings, but in our morning service, I don't know that we've ever done that. But we will this morning. You'll be blessed by it. Matthew 6 and Luke 11. Give us the record in the New Testament of the Lord's Prayer. You can read it either place. The message is the same. Words are a little bit different, but the message is the same. And it came about because his disciples asked him to teach them to pray. Jesus was a man of prayer. He left them oftentimes and went to the mountainside, out into the hills, into the fields, to pray alone. When he prayed in Gethsemane, he left his disciples at the entrance of the, of the, of the garden. And he went on deeper inside to pray. He prayed alone, and he prayed earnestly, and he prayed fervently, Father God. And when his disciples observed that he was a great man of prayer, they asked him to teach them to pray. This is reported in Luke chapter 11. That version gives you that, that they wanted him to teach them. Matthew doesn't mention that, but it is in the context of the same thing. So when they asked Jesus to teach them to pray, this is what he did. He gave them the Lord's Prayer. It isn't that we're to go about saying the Lord's Prayer. We come down and therefore we say that 15 our fathers or, 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 or 
message, can you pray? Not do you have the ability to say the words, but can you pray? Not say, but pray the Lord's Prayer. Can you do that? I'll discuss that with you in this message this morning. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit will anoint this message with great power. I know I've sought your face for it, and I've asked you to give me the words to say. I've asked you to give me the thoughts to present that will bless people in this church. And I've asked you through this message to bless everybody here by drawing us closer to you and ministering into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Work as we hear the Word of God, the living, powerful Word of God. Work in our lives as we hear it today for your glory in Jesus' name. So in this prayer, he says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth is in heaven. Somebody said on earth. Is it in our inner message? Give us this day our daily bread. Give us our trespasses. Give those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. One of the versions says, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are indebted to us. You know that that part, some of the parts of the Lord's Prayer are not all in, in the same place. You read it in Matthew's not identical to Luke. And there are 
about accuracy on it. But uh, there are a lot of translations of the Bible. This little tablet that I have has two apps of the Bible. I can access the Bible two ways. I can access it through the uh, Gateway Bible. There are over 200 versions of the Bible. I don't know what even all of them are. I don't pay attention to them. I have five verses I look at and compare it and try to get the essence of everything God is saying in His Word. But I, all those I don't pay attention to. But this past week I did look at several more, more than I usually do. The U version of the Bible, which you daily read from, has actually 2,052 versions of the Scriptures in, in this path. I couldn't tell you about any of them, but about five of them I can tell you very well. But I went this week and looked at several additional ones beyond what I usually do. I don't know how many more I looked at. I didn't write it down. I didn't count them. I looked at a lot more. I looked up the Lord's Prayer to read it in the way it was said. And every one of them, I, I'm going to have to report this to you because to be, I have to be honest with you and to report this to you. Every single one of them, every single one of them, without exception, had this part in it. I was kind of looking for it. Maybe I could tell you if you could find some of this version and go, look, you wouldn't have to have that part about forgiving other people in it. But I couldn't find one that said that. Every one of them. I even looked at the, listen, I have to read this to tell you what it is. I even looked at the, and there were a lot like this, New Revised Standard Version Anglicized Catholic Edition. And it said it too. Forgive us our trespasses and we forgive those who trespass as we forgive those who trespass against us. Don't forgive us, Lord, unless we forgive those who trespass against us. Not even ask you to I know better than that. I'm not even going to ask you to forgive me unless I'm willing to forgive other people. Why should I be forgiven if I'm not willing to forgive other people? I was looking for an escape route for you. I thought I'd find one somewhere. And I could tell you about it. This is one little exception. But there isn't one. I didn't look at all of them, I'll tell you. But it got pretty routine, and I saw they were there in every version. And I can't tell you any version of praying the Lord's Prayer that doesn't include forgiving those who have wronged you. Jesus said, forgive your enemies. Again, Jesus said a lot of things I've, I've offered that which you didn't say. It doesn't matter that he said when I'm not bothered by him. But I'm bothered by them. I wish he hadn't said them. I've been a lot of times I, 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 I wished he hadn't said, forgive your enemies. Pray for those that despitefully use you. Don't you wish he hadn't said that? Now, I'll be honest about it. Don't be so sanctimonious. It's not even real. Yes, there have been many times you wish he hadn't said that. You know it. Because I've been right there, too. Why, oh Lord, why? And not only why did you read, why did you say it, why did you get it printed in your, why did you, not only that, why did you let me see it at this particular time? All this time I've been trying to forget it, to write down and I don't want to see it or hear it, it comes right up in front of me. He has a way of doing that, doesn't he? The very thing you wish you hadn't gotten said and hadn't seen it, the very thing you wish you hadn't heard today, you're not going to preach on the Lord's Prayer. You're 
so glad I don't have responsibility. I'm not the author. I'm just a deliverer of the message. I didn't write any of this. I just found that this is what Jesus said. And not only that, it hasn't changed in all the years I've been serving God. It hasn't changed. It's always been the same. I tell you, sometimes it's more intense than other times. There's sometimes that you really, really don't even, you're trying to remember where that is in the Bible. So as you're reading your scripture, you can just conveniently skip over that verse and forget it. So God put it in so many places in so many ways that we can't skip over it. We can't miss one bit of it. You can't read much of the Bible. You read the New Testament, the four Gospels, and all over the place. By parables, by examples, by words. Jesus said, not only love your friends and those who love you, Jesus said, when his disciples were trying to discern and understand all that he was talking about and why in the world he's saying all these things, Jesus said, you don't just have to love those who love you. You have to love those who don't love you. And, and I just, I, 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 I slipped up on that a little bit. I made it easier than, it, than Jesus did. What Jesus actually said was, love your enemies.
one possibly can be. And that ought to be our goal. And then the place where death is silent. As everybody said, that's not possible. It is possible. It's possible to grow as dear as, dear as you can. I didn't say you'll attain perfection and become like Jesus. I said you'll continue to pursue that. When things come up that are hindrances to that, you will put that in the hands of God and let that go behind. Not hold that in your heart, which will cause you to be held back in your pursuit of living for God. Do you understand that? That's where the difference comes in. Now, so praying the Lord's Prayer, if you're going to pray the Lord's Prayer, you'll have to do what I did when we're all standing saying it together. You'll have to stop when it says that and forgive us our trespasses and we forgive those who trespass against us. You'll have to be silent there. If you're still living with offense in your heart, you're still holding grudges because of what somebody said to you, what somebody did to you, you can't pray that part. You should forgive us as we forgive others. You haven't forgiven others. And you say, God, don't forgive me. You can't forgive me. Because I ask you to forgive me the way I'm forgiving other people and I'm not doing that. High, high burden. High, high level, is it? It's kind of like trying, having the goal up here and still striving to get there, not there yet. Well, that's all of us. But this is the point. We, we, we cannot, we cannot hold grievances or offenses in our hearts because that will make us unlike Jesus. This is what Jesus said immediately after he finished the Lord's Prayer. Immediately after, the next two verses in Luke say, for if you forgive men their trespasses, now he didn't talk about any of the rest of it, emphasize any of the rest of it. He didn't emphasize on how God and how we feel. He didn't emphasize that. He didn't emphasize giving us our daily bread. He didn't emphasize that keeping He emphasized one thing out of that prayer. Immediately when he finished, the next thing he said was, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now that's shouting ground, folks. That's the time to get up and praise God and say hallelujah. If I forgive people the way Jesus forgave, he'll forgive me. Glory to God. I don't have to walk around with burdens and grief and shadows and sorrows on my heart because somebody said this or somebody did that and it's bothered me and I can't have peace about it. I can't go to sleep about it. I know I can turn that over to Jesus and he can move in my heart and take that away. And that's the glory. That's the victory. You can get rid of it. You can turn it loose and let it go. Let God cleanse it and take it out of your life. Because he, after that, he said, the next thing he said was, but if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Well, I could stop right there, but I'm not. <laughs> and it, that's the message. It, 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 it's, it's good enough to know that that, that is true. And friends, listen, I'm not trying to bring conversation. You're thinking about things right now that make you in your heart and your mind you, you wish you could let them. I'm not trying to be condemnational. I'm trying to bring victory to you. I'm trying to tell you you can let it go. I'm trying to tell you you can turn the move. Pastor Bill and I were having a conversation a few days ago about this very subject. I can honestly say, I 
can honestly say today, before God, that we said there's a puppet. I can say, it's no longer there. It's over. It's done. It's done. It's been gone a long time. And God delivered me. He delivered me from that just like He did when He set me free from problems. so-and-so sitting in a car out there outside the church every day. You know what he's doing? I think maybe he's here to pray. Maybe he's here to try, wait, try to come in and see God in the church. I don't know. I didn't even know he was there. But later on, I found out he was out there taking notes on everything that I did when I walked in the office, when I walked out, what my schedule was, how much I was doing, how much I wasn't doing, by his interpretation. And then he, had, he came to my church board and started telling me all these things where I was failing, where my fallacies were, and how I was so inefficient and, uh, and uh, incompetent. And uh, I don't know what all else, but everything you could think of is what I was. But nobody kicked me in the seat of the pants. I mean, they all said, that's just him, it's not you. But I took, take, I took account of it and said, maybe the things I need to change and do better. But I will tell you, that caused me a great, dis- a great disruption in that church because he went around talking to other people about it and was talking to people about it before we could get to it. Once my whole board got to him, he shut up. But, but until then, he was causing a real disruption. And it, and, it, and it caused me to leave that church. And maybe God missed doing a lot of things. I, and I probably should have stayed and just weathered it, stood up to it because it wasn't true. But after that, because of that, I really carried it for a while. And there came a time that I had to say, Lord, it's, I'm, I'm either going to be held back by this or I'm going to let it go and go forward. And you're the testimony that I let it go and went forward. That's why this church is here, because God opened that in my heart and changed that as he changed a lot of things about the time almost 10 years ago when I came here. God changed a lot of things and made, a lot of, that made me see a lot of things. The very kind of thing that I'm talking to you about right now, God, help me to see crystal clear. You'll never get anywhere in serving God until all this is cleared out. So in that period of time, I had to go back and forgive a lot of people that I didn't even know I was holding offenses against. But as God started bringing it up, you've never cleared this. You've never let this go. You've never turned this over to me. Every time I had to pray about it because some of those things he brought to me, I didn't want to let go, to be honest with you. I just felt like I had a right to hold on to them. 
gradually, step by step, little by little, he helped me to see, no, I had no more right to hold on to any one thing than I did to another. I had no right to hold on to any grievance that anybody had ever brought to me, anything that anybody had ever done to me, anything everybody ever said about me, anything everybody, anybody had tried to oppose me in any way, any way that they caused an offense. I had no right to hold on to any of that. That's God's job to take care of that. And my job to let it go and not have it in my heart so that I have a clear path to seek God and call on God and believe God and receive from God. And that's what every one of us needs to do. And if there's something in your heart today that you need to let go, this is the time to say to the Lord, give me the help that I need. Give me the strength that I need. I don't need to do it in myself because I can't. I've tried and I can't. But God, you do. Your grace is great enough. Your blood is strong enough. Your spirit is powerful enough. You can deliver me and I will let it go. By your help, oh God, I will let it go. You put that to God and I guarantee you he'll do something in your heart that's different have you experienced before, and you'll find that you can turn it loose and walk on in victory, getting closer and closer to Him. Hallelujah. So Jesus went to the cross. They got all, the, all that He went through. The, 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 the scourging, the, the whipping, the crown of thorns placed on His head. Lied about, denigrated in every way. Once he was on the cross, they nailed nails in his hands and his feet. He's hanging on the cross. What's the first thing he said? Father, forgive them. (laughs) Father, forgive them. He said, I'll give them this benefit. They don't know what they're doing. They don't even understand what they're doing. Don't hold this against them. Father, forgive them. Stephen was stoned. The first Christian martyr, book of Acts, chapter 7. He's preached the gospel to these hard-hearted Jewish people who would not receive it. When he was through, they gathered together. They, 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 there were certain of them who were appointed to stone him. They took off their coats and laid them aside. And when they did, the, the Saul of Tarsus was standing there to look after him. He was a part of the stoning of Stephen. But when he was through, they had their stones ready, and they started pounding and pelting him with the stones until they killed him by stoning. But Stephen looked up, and he looked up and said that he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. When he said that, it made him even more enraged against him. And they killed him. But in the end, I don't know that it was his last breath, but it was near that time, near the end of his life, near the end of his breath on earth, in his last, last words, he said, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. I pray for their forgiveness. I pray that you will not hold this against them, Lord. Forgive them, O Lord. Do not hold this sin against them. And when he said that, he fell asleep in the arms of Jesus and went all the way to heaven. Hallelujah. And you and I can say that same thing, my friends. Whatever it is, whatever has happened, we can say forgive them. Forgive them, Lord, and I join you, Lord, in forgiving them. That's the greatest thing you can do. And you can do that for yourself. You are the primary one who's the beneficiary of your forgiveness. Not the person you're forgiving. Those people that nailed Jesus to the cross, they didn't care. They went on and did all the other things they could do after that. Not just that. 
Those who stoned Stephen went on in the same persecution of other Christians. Forgiving them was, it was not for their benefit. Forgiving them was for Jesus. Forgiving them was for Stephen. Forgiving someone is for you. You're the one who receives the blessing, the benefit, and the grace from God because of it. Jesus said in one of the great powerful verses that we love so much, we love it where it says, Give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. The context of all of that is in Luke chapter 6. It's 37 and 38, and this is what Jesus said. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. And then he amplifies it to say, Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will we put into your lap. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. This is the important part of that that part. The heart, right in the heart of all of that, he said, forgive and you will be forgiven. And then he said, at the end, the measuring instrument that you use to give forgiveness and grace and blessing to others is the same measuring instrument that I will use to pour blessings back into your life. So if you give forgiveness... In great abundance, you receive blessing. In great abundance. If you use a little thimble to say, I'm going to give just a little bit of, I'm going to try to forgive the best I can, but I can't do much. And even that, even if I do, I won't forget it. You put all those excuses out there. Why? When you say I forget, you put all those excuses. Why? You don't have to make it whole and complete. Then you're doing it with a, with a thimble measurement. But you want to give forgiveness with a bucket, with a, with a big old wash tub. Remember what those are. The big old washtub. You want to get the biggest instrument you can to pour forgiveness on everybody you can. Because God's going to use that same measuring instrument to pour back on you. You can declare your blessings. You can say what your blessings are going to be. You can say, I'm going to follow the word of God and do what Jesus said. And when you do, you'll be abundantly blessed because of it. He says you will and you will. And if you give forgiveness and blessing and great abundance to others, holding nothing back, then all of that will come back to you in the great measure of God's blessing and power poured out upon your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I tell you what, I can just about shout a little bit over this, folks. This is not a depressing message. This is a, this is a delivering message. This is a message to set you free. This is a message to tell you how to get over it. This is a message to tell you how to get over it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So if you come up and say something bad about me today, about this, or not, I'll just slap you right in the face and keep on going. Of course I won't. Of course not. I wouldn't do that anything like that. I mean that figuratively anyway. A lot of people say, well, he said this about me. Just let me tell you about him. Isn't it? Friend, it is time. Look, it's time. You've been around this a long time. If, if it's only been a few years, you've still been around this a long time. I'm a relative new Christian. I've only been saved five years. Well, take, you need to have five years worth under your belt. Walking with Jesus, walking close to Him, that's what you need to have. And I need it, and every one of us needs it. I need to have about 50 years of walking my breath, walking with Jesus. That's where I ought to be with Him. That's where we ought to be with Him. You and I both ought to be there with Him. So where are you going? what are you going to do? What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about offenses, unforgiveness, grudges? I'm going to talk about one more thing. 
churches. I can't tell you how many of you, I don't even know how many, I haven't counted, haven't kept a record, but I know as I look around this church, I know there are people who've been hurt in churches. And when you get hurt in church, I don't mean some maverick member, I mean some leading person in the church or the pastor or the leadership of the church has hurt you. And have you forgiven it? It may be, it's hard to forgive, isn't it? It's hard to forgive anything that really is directly done against you and you know it's intentionally to harm you. Now, somebody says something, they just, you took it the wrong way, that's something else. But somebody intentionally planned to hurt you or did, did something that a smart, spiritual person should have never done to hurt anybody, that's what causes the harm. But look, you can get over that too. And I pledged this at times before. I can't say what everybody in this church is going to do because guess what? Everybody in this church is not as spiritual as some of us are. That's the truth. I say that's a true statement. <laughs> there might be somebody here who'd say something to you that I would never say and that I would caution them not to say. And I don't have control of what everybody says or does. Well, but what's the thing if I did? This would be a perfect church and it would be so I, I know I don't have that. But I will tell you this, and I've said this before, the leadership of this church, and I'm talking about the pastors. I'm talking about the pastor's families and and, and leading people that I might not name, but the people that God has raised up as leaders, elders in this church. Those people will never harm you, will never offend you, If we do, and we learn it, discover it, not, and they're not knowing to discover it, we will go and apologize and ask your forgiveness. This is, a, this is a high goal, but I believe this church, and I believe this leadership, is able to do it, able to keep that word. I've said it before in this pulpit. I'm saying it again for emphasis. That's what we believe about living together in the kingdom, experiencing life together for the glory of God, living, living, as God would have us to live with each other so that together we can bless each one and strengthen each one and lift each one up and all go to heaven together. And all go to heaven together. Get everything out of your heart, friends, that you know should be gone. Get it out of your heart. Forgive and yes, God to help you forgive and get it where it ought to be with the Lord. Someone comes to me and tells me they think they believe they have a word from the Lord. And I think about it and I deliberate on it. I thought about it since Melody Rios told me this just before I started preaching. And I want to have her come up and share what she feels like the Lord has given her. I'm trying to find a microphone I can give you Melody. I think everybody took them with them. All that I see is got wires on them. That's why I can't. There you go. Okay. 
and so on. And so on. I thought I just did that. Proof that I don't know everything. Another one. I always get real nervous when the Lord does this to me because I don't operate in this realm of ministry. This is not my comfort zone. My comfort zone is music and singing. (coughs) So when the Lord gives me things like this, and this has happened very few times, I always get a little nervous and I always pray and I double check myself to make sure. And (coughs) the way the service went today, it just confirmed it even more when Sarah said what she said. And um, I, I went to Bob and Amanda's yesterday and we were practicing this song and I'm, I'm sorry I'm having some throat problems this morning so please forgive me could you play How, uh, how Great Is Our God um, thank you honey that's my baby brother and on the way home I was driving down highway 21 and the Lord just spoke to me and he said, my people need to know this. And I contemplated whether or not to say anything. And then Sarah said what she said. And then other people, Billy, what you said. And just things just kind of, and I go, okay, God, you know. So this is what the Lord gave to me. discouraged and do not be brokenhearted. My hand is not small, for I hold the world in my palm. My arm is not shortened as I can reach you wherever you are, even if it's at the bottom of the deepest sea. I will heal your body. I will clear your mind. I will mend your broken heart. And I will heal your spirit. And I have already forgiven your sin. For I love you. You are my children. I am your father. I am your God.
So no matter where you're at this morning or what your need is, God sees all. He hears all. He knows that the enemy's at the gate, Sarah. He knows. But sometimes he'll let you get right to the edge. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to pull you back. And sometimes he does that to build your faith. Sometimes he does it to show you he loves you. But whatever his reasoning is, God wants you to know that you are loved and that he cares and he wants to meet your need. And this song, Rob, you're going to have to help me. Sing it with us. Stand and praise your God. 